2: The following
1: podcast is a dear media production.
2: So, if you are a newer listener, we wanted to take this opportunity to share a little bit of context about this here show you're listening to. Whenever we have a guest on, we like to ask them about their thingies, AKA the best in category things in their life, from like TikTok accounts to lip balms to travel hacks to bidets. We have gotten bidet recommendations on this show in the past, <laughs> you know? And then we, it's the
0: stuff that people want to share far and
2: wide, basically. It's shocking that
0: it, is so effective to just say to people, what are you excited about? What and are you excited about? So you some people may be familiar with this from our Instagram because once a week on Instagram, we ask people their thingies and then we repost all their answers. And I can't believe what a fan favorite it is. Like I, my neighbor who never talks to me the other day was like, I love your thingies. and he's like, I don't even know if you're talking about Instagram or podcast or whatever, but like This is, this is just a, it is, she's like, I learned so much stuff. She's like, and then I have my thingies and I want to share. I was like, I get it. And it works really well on Instagram, but it works really well on the podcast because people can really get into it. They have a lot more space to share.
2: So today we're re-airing a very popular episode from 2022 with some of the thingies our guests have shared that we've also tried and delighted in. But if you want to get in on the fun on a weekly basis, join us on Instagram, a thing or two HQ, share your thingies. We'll share them back.
0: Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire
2: Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from want to support us in general, head to athingor2hq.com and sign up our secret menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this
0: episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at athingor2hq. We have some really good voicemails coming up at the end of this episode. Yes. We had asked
2: when we talked about praise and polish, what the sorority equivalent of praise and polish is. And we got two really good responses that are just, we cackled (laughs) through both of them. I'm sure you will too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were great. Exactly. Uh. Exactly.
0: I did ask you if we could beef up that section by having you do a retro, like a a reflection on your time as a sorority, as an active (laughs) sorority member. And you you declined. I was like, you declined the, just, oppor- the speaking like, opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> the
2: <emotion. laughs> you know what, Claire? The fee wasn't high enough.
0: I understand. <laughs> you have to stick to your. You have to stick to that fee, and that's important. <laughs> and I understand. So instead, we're just going to let these these people who do have something to say speak to their experiences on, in, with sorority life. To be fair, University of Chicago sorority life was not not all. It was small in potatoes. That, yeah. yeah. It was small
2: potatoes for sure. For sure. And what you and I are going to talk about mm-hmm. are things that people have recommended during guest thingies episodes that we have tried and like reporting back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So one one rec that I took was from Rahman Alam, who recommended he recommended in general audiobooks during chores, which is just mm. a solid rec. Solid it, wreck. Solid it does wreck. make it's chores honestly a bit of a life changing wreck. Oh, it really is. I it reminded me. So Chris every Monday night does our trash takeout and yeah. has to, And it's a pretty involved process. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm always.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Keep going.
0: But I'm. I find it ridiculous. And I always say, you know, there's this youth organization in our neighborhood who we can pay to do it. Why don't we just pay them to do it? And he is he's like, you know, because as much as I gripe about it at the end of the day, that's when I listen to my shows because he listens to his Sunday shows. He listens to Meet the Press, Meet the and, press. and all Meet those the things. press
2: at, at two two X speed. Or yes, whatever. It, it's yeah, it's awful.
0: Ooh. And he's Ooh. like, so OK. So, yes, I hate it, but I also kind of love it because I that's when I get to listen to those shows. And I will say that after so Ramon recommended Empire of Pain, which I listened to and it is such a gripping book that it really did make me be like, this is not going to be annoying to do these chores. I feel like maybe I even flossed more in the weeks during which I was listening to this because I was just willing to spend a little bit more time on it.
2: I've started to do most of my chores. Thomas has been going back to work two days a week to an mm-hmm. office and I've started to do my chores on the days when he's at the office so that I can listen to an audiobook or a podcast without, without headphones. headphones. I refuse
0: yeah. to listen with headphones. Headphones are yeah, too mean, annoying. Yeah, yes. it's a
2: different experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, but while well, I have to say one thing about Empire of Pain that I really appreciated as the, the book for this particular task is that if Chris came in the room while I was listening, it wasn't annoying for him because this, mm. it's the type of book that you can step in and out of. You have enough context. You know it's about the Sackler family who- You know how fucked the whole thing is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you're like, he would come in and, and hear a little bit. Like he'd hear about just one little moment in this long saga. Also, because this book is so mind-blowing and i I, I truly, every piece of it, I wanted to- get on Twitter if I use Twitter and be like, did you all know this? But I would run to Chris and and tell him like, here's what I learned today. Here's this fun fact. Like this is not even related specifically to the, to Purdue Pharma and the Sacklers. But one of the mind blowing things I learned was that a lot of the times when the government is considering pursuing litigation against a corporation, if that corporation is public and they're pursuing litigation about something that the corporation kept private from its shareholders, they don't want to dick over the shareholders. So they hesitate to bring a lawsuit against this company that's going to drain it of all its money and make and make all the shareholders lose so much value, which I was that just like- That sounds exactly like how things would work. Exactly. So I was like, wow, we complain, complain, complain about how we don't you know, pursue we don't hold corporations to account and we treat them like people and da-da-da-da-da. And this is one aspect of this that I totally hadn't considered that, that the government's like, we don't want to gut all these shareholders for something they're not responsible for. I will say, you know, the the <laughs> counterpoint of this, or not counterpoint, but one of the reasons that the government has been very willing to pursue litigation against Purdue Pharma. Well, not one of the reasons, but this wasn't an issue because Purdue Pharma is private and was owned entirely by the Sackler family. So I've been super interested in this book in general because it's a mind-blowing story. i close to someone who died from an opioid overdose, and I was also kind of nervous to read it for two reasons. One, yeah. it's, I was worried it was just going to be too hard. And two, it's really, really long. And I was just like, I don't, I, that's going to take me a year to read. I Something about doing it in audio m- made it, easier to sort of, I don't know, not get so emotional about it. I mean, obviously I got emotional about it, but there was something where I felt like it was the right amount of distance. I was also, because I was doing it during chores, brushing yeah. my teeth, whatever, I was breaking it up into. Well, you're moments. also
2: getting it like eighty-five percent of your headspace, as opposed to hundred percent. Maybe that's it. Yeah, you're yeah. not because like, if you're
0: sitting with a book,
2: yes. it's like hard in reading. It's hard to do anything else or to think about anything else. So you get yeah.
0: really steeped in it. Yes. So yeah. When you're also doing something else, you can. You're sort of half in your life and half in the life of the book.
2: That's a good way of putting it.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I think for whatever reason, nonfiction just works best for me. And in, in, in audiobooks, I was looking at the audiobooks that I've completed and really liked. And all of the ones that I've had a very successful listening experience with have been nonfiction. So Becoming by Michelle Obama, For the Children by Flea, Uncanny Valley by Anna Wiener, Miracle and Wonder by Malcolm Gladwell slash Paul Simon, all just excellent audio experiences, all nonfiction. And I have also started and not finished a lot of fiction books on audio. And I think fiction maybe just like requires you to have that really intimate experience that I don't as much have with audio. I do
2: listen to some romance in YA as mm-hmm. audiobooks mm-hmm. and like, like that experience, especially if there's someone very talented doing the narration. But when it comes to nonfiction, I like, how do you feel about a non-author, like someone who's not the author reading?
0: Great question. I think all of those ones that I just read to you were, the, were read by the author. And well, I think that made a difference. about yeah. it. Like, yeah. I feel like
2: it's like, if it's their work, I want to hear them. I don't know. I really like, I've really liked the Michael Pollan books
0: as audio books. Mm-hmm. I
2: think of what else I've listened to nonfiction that, that you know- well, we've talked a lot about celebrity memoirs and some right. of those I've listened to.
0: I think you're right that ha- that with nonfiction, especially, it really does have to be the author reading it, and it does make a difference. And with something like this, so Patrick Radden Keefe wrote Empire of Pain, and it is so insanely researched. I mean, I just I-, I need a second book on how on his process with this, basically. But it does feel like he's so close to it, and you, it's nice to hear him, and it's nice to hear the intonation of sort of when he's being a little sarcastic or when there's outrage and stuff like that, it's, it's helpful. You get the feeling that uh, the yeah. intent,
2: the intent. Yeah. yeah.
0: I yeah. do. I, I, I'm not the first person to to recommend this, but I really recommend this book. I will say, I felt like I had a pretty decent sense of this story just because it's something I've, I've always, or I, I have long followed and been interested in and, and outraged by. And, it's such a crazier story than you know from just having a surface level understanding of it. It is truly wild. And it's just like the hits keep on coming and coming and coming and coming. And it reveals, I think, a lot of just bigger sort of universal truths about the ways in which our government is fucked, our the pharmaceutical industry is fucked, all of these things. So it, it, it feels like it's relevant beyond just this specific crisis. Highly recommend it. How long was the audiobook? Do you remember? Oh my god, I think it was like 18 hours. Wow. And I couldn't believe I finished it. Hold on, let me just look while we're here cuz I can tell you. So it was like 17 or 18 hours at 1.1 speed. Wow. So yeah, and somehow I did it. I did, I I, <laughs> I really was like I'll never finish this thing, but I did cuz it was it's gripping in the way that good fiction is, honestly. Right. I mean it it's right. an it's an insane story. Thank you so much to Jubilance for sponsoring today's episode. Um, I stopped dead in my scroll the other day because I saw the funniest reductress post that just spoke to me deeply. (laughs) It's a picture of a woman on a couch and it says, woman not sure whether she's PMSing or being tested by God, which is exactly how I feel about my experience with PMS these days. It is so intense. It is so awful. I hate looking at the calendar and realizing that it's about to happen, especially hate looking at the calendar and realizing that it's about to line up with some important thing in my life. I truly like, I feel like when I was younger, I used to feel that way about my period. Now I'm like, no, my period's fine. My period is when this sort of like the dark clouds part It's the PMS that is life-ruining, that I feel like I cannot function. And I have been telling all of my friends about Jubilance because I'm so excited about it. Jubilance is the most advanced scientific solution for relieving PMS mood symptoms available today. In double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed clinical trials, just one month of Jubilance offered significant release of PMS-related mood swings like anxiety, irritability, sadness, and stress. Thousands of women worldwide use jubilance to live PMS-free. Jubilance for PMS are tiny once-a-day capsules with the key to PMS freedom. Order jubilance today risk-free and say hello to the most authentic you. Jubilance is a leading evidence-based scientific approach to PMS relief. In response to jubilance's clinical trial results, along with testimonials by patients and doctors, the Food and Drug Administration has allowed jubilance's historic structure function claim. Oxaloacetate may help alleviate the mild to moderate psychological and or behavioral symptoms associated with premenstrual syndrome. And best of all, your first bottle comes with free shipping and a money-back guarantee. If Jubilance doesn't give you the PMS relief you deserve, just shoot them an email and they'll issue a refund in full. No questions asked, no need to mail back the bottle. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com a thing or two or using the coupon code a thing or two at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E.com slash a thing or two. Hi, I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as The Food Therapist. I'm so
1: excited to announce Dear Media's first ever daily show, Good Instincts. If you've ever found it challenging to eat thoughtfully while juggling a busy schedule, then this show is for you. Instead of aiming to simply eat healthier, we'll focus on tips and mindset shifts that streamline the process. Because balance is key. And the less complicated, the better. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you
2: are right now and where you want to go. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Can I share a Ruman Rec that I've liked that's that's quite different? Yes. This app called FitBod. The name is truly awful. The like, name truly, is ridiculous. Truly awful. The UX, or like the, not even the UX, the branding aligns with the name. It feels I was very ju- like... Thank
0: you for knowing that that was my next question. And I was didn't know how to ask it without sounding like a jerk. But like, is the branding as cheesy as the name? You know,
2: the numbers in the app look like they're racing forward, right? Like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They're in a hurry. Uh-huh. Everything's a little bit like that. But the thing is, the customization of this app is really wonderful for workouts, but specifically for strength workouts. So um, unlike Nike Run Club or Peloton or whatever, it's like very focused on these like, you know, maybe you're going to do like 40 reps of something mm-hmm. and you're telling it how many days a week you want to be doing this, how long each of those times, and then what equipment you have for at home. And that thing felt like so useful because yes. it's like- I I don't have much of anything Mm -hmm. and you can do like body weight only, but I do have like a foam roller and I do have a couple of resistance bands or whatever. You can enter all of that in. If you're going to a gym and you have access to like a leg press or whatever, you can add all of those things. And then it tells you, it like programs your workout. It targets different muscle groups on different days so that you have time for recovery. Mm -hmm. It shows you if you don't know what the exercise looks like, it like, you know, there's video to show you how to do it. It just felt like, actually exactly what this thing was supposed to be.
0: It sounds really good. Maybe I'll try it. I remember Ramon saying he was doing like 45 or 90 minute workouts. I feel like he was doing doing like 90 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah, it was insane. Mine were like 15 minute workouts. That's perfect. That's for days when I'm like, I want to
2: supplement yoga with something Mm -hmm. else. It just, yeah, it just feels very like efficient. The other thing that I loved is that you can exclude exercises if Mm. there's something that you apt. Absolutely hate, which I really valued because I mean, maybe it's that you, you know, maybe it's that you've like injured yourself or that you've right. like, you know, there's all of that too. But I personally hate it so much when you're in a yoga class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the teacher says, whatever you like the least is probably the best for you. I, yeah.
0: I, I hear that mantra in my head a lot whenever I'm exercising. I'm always like, I should do this thing.
2: I I'm really okay hating chair pose and just not doing chair pose. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fine with it. Cause like actually what's best for me is that I'm there doing exercise. Yes, like I, I just I just don't need to feel like guilt or shame about not liking a certain exercise. And so yeah. it's like very nice to be able to go in and say no to a I'm burpee. I'm not gonna do a burpee. If, you, yeah. yeah.
0: If you don't want to do a burpee, you don't have to do a burpee. You know what? Nobody likes doing burpees. And by the way, Joe Holder does not like burpees and he doesn't ever assign them. And that just gave me permission for the rest of my life to never do a burpee. It's
2: fine. Yeah. It's fine. You will not live a lesser life if you don't do a burpee. That's right.
0: You know, the other thing I like about this is I, I do, you know, I tend to allot a certain amount of time for my workouts. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go do a 30 minute strength workout on Peloton. But then I spend 15 minutes scrolling through deciding which workout I'm going to do. So I like the idea (laughs) of somebody telling me, no, this is the one you're going to do. You're not going (laughs) to Yes.
2: Yes. You can do a free trial, which I did without entering billing information and all of that. It just like gives you a couple of workouts. And then from there it's $80 a year or $13 a month.
0: Like so $80 yeah. a year is a move. You just,
2: yeah. Yeah. Listen, just, commit a couple of months and then, yeah. Then bump it up. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. I'm yeah. into
2: that. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I recommend it. I want to regroup once you do for sure. Okay.
0: You also tried DGL.
2: I tried which... DGL. I I can show it to you in my cute pill container.
0: Oh, so cute. I love that. Yeah.
2: I bought a chic, chic is maybe not the right word. I bought a cool, bedazzled uh, <laughs> pill, pill can- container, mm-hmm. pill, pill bottle, bottle jar. Yeah, it's I a don't pill know. bottle. Pill bottle from Etsy for my DGLs, which was a Harling Ross Anton recommendation. So she took this, she was getting really, really bad in digestion and acid reflux. And when we talked to her, I was also having acid reflux and was like, oh yeah. So DGL is deglycerizinated licorice, which basically is a processed form of licorice where they remove a lot of the (laughs) Mm glycerin, which makes it safer for long-term use and, and, and helps to avoid some drug interactions that can take place. So licorice root has been used for like you know, hundreds, thousands mm-hmm. of years to treat all kinds of things. And this is used for peptid ulcers, canker sores, and reflux. This is the part yeah. where you
0: say, I'm not a doctor. This is not, not a medical doctor. advice. Not a doctor.
2: <laughs> it is not FDA regulated. So the ingredients can vary from, you know, brand to brand. It can interact with other medicines. It can have other risks if you're pregnant. Like obviously do not take medical advice from us, but this worked for me for this reflux. And I will say- Do you take um, it- Before, after you eat, or you just take it daily? The recommendation is to take a couple of them after meals. I was just taking like one and and not after every meal. And they're chewable? Um, They're chewable. They look, I'll show you what they look like. They look like a sweet tart, basically. Ooh. They have that weird muted color of like okay. a grape yeah. sweet tart. So it's they look chalky. chalky? Exactly. Okay. And Harling said that they had a nice taste and she's right. And I don't like licorice as a flavor mm-hmm. or like black licorice as a flavor or like anise, but they do have sugar in them. So they are okay. like sweet. And, it's a treat. Um, it's maybe over, maybe not like a full <laughs> treat, like right. a half treat. I okay. don't know. Yeah. But they like made a difference for me. And when I, you know, went on vacation, I packed them. So- That's, that's like where, that's the status they hold. It's a real testament.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like it better for sure than like a chewable Pepto-Bismol or something, Yeah, well, 1,000, who likes a chewable Pepto-Bismol? Even, I mean, Tom's like, oh, I can't taste again after pregnancy. I cannot, I cannot. Exactly. Well, that's pricing.
2: Try this this if that's a thing for you. So, and if you're not pregnant and if your doctor says it's okay.
0: (laughs) But don't do it because Erica told you to. Do it because you want
2: to. Yeah. That's right. Um,
0: I have another wreck that I took somebody up on. Kelly Lynn Wright of Yun's Hardware recommended the seltzer delivery service, which is just beyond charming. So it's this guy, Ronnie. He fills up seltzer in those old school glass style seltzer bottles. Old timey. Old timey. Old timey. Old timey. (laughs) He puts them in these old timey wooden crates and he will drop them off for you at regularly scheduled intervals in his in his minivan. So Kelly recommended this and I was immediately like, yes, I want this because I have, I've long had a seltzer addiction of sorts. And I just, in the last year or so have fully given myself over to it in that way that I think a lot of people these days are just like, sure, certain things that we like might be expensive or wasteful or whatever, but can we just have these small things because they pale in comparison to everything else happening in the world. That's and, right. And seltzer is my thing where I've just decided this is my tiny luxury that I want. And I have an ARCA seltzer maker, and I will be honest, I, and it's just so lazy. Sometimes I just don't feel like having to make my own seltzer. It takes less than a minute, but I still just don't want to do it sometimes. And I really like well, having because these because sometimes the luxury there. is not having to make your own. Yeah, exactly. So Chris got me this for Valentine's Day, and he when he presented to me, he was like, I'm giving you the gift of the seltzer subscription, but also the gift is that it was so insanely hard for me to get a hold of Ronnie and to buy the subscription. And he's like, I had to do so much work to just like get this man to accept my money. I can't remember all the details, but I know that at some point, Chris was having to talk to Ronnie's wife and asking Ronnie's wife to like get in touch with Ronnie. God knows how that happened. They will link to Ronnie's Facebook page and his phone number is on there. So just call or text him. I think that's the most direct way to- And
2: like maybe six or seven times.
0: Yeah, you got to try. You got to really want it. But basically, so every two weeks, Ronnie texts Chris and is like, I'll be there tomorrow morning between X time and X time. He shows up in his minivan full of these crates and we give him the old empties and he gives us a new one. And he's like a little bit grumpy, but also you can tell he likes us and it's sweet. Curmudgeonly. Yeah, he's curmudgeonly, just the way I like all my old men. And all of the bottles are different. This week we got a blue one. I was like, we've never gotten a blue one before, a blue glass cool. one. This is so exciting. They're all different. They're all ancient. Some of them work a lot better than others. They all you sort of have to like, you know, jigger the the,
2: the handle the a head. little yeah, bit yeah, 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 yeah.
0: and sort of figure out how to use it. And a lot of them come out really fast and you make a total mess and you waste like a tenth of the bottle. But it the entire experience top to bottom, from like contacting Ronnie to pouring your seltzer is hyper-specific, very unpredictable, hyper-analog. And that's all what just, I think, gives it its charm. I feel like I want someone to make an animated short about the life of these bottles. Like these bottles all have their own personality. They all have their own look. They all go from different house to different house to different house. They've all been around forever. They all know each other really well at this point. Some of them are holding up better than others. I just, there's a story there. There's a Pixar Film there. That's right. That's
2: exactly what it is. We talked a handful of episodes ago about the joy of a frictionless experience, mm. and just like God, that was just like so seamless, so mm-hmm. easy. Like just coasted straight through it. Can you believe how the timing worked out? Snap! Yeah. Like this wow. is the opposite of that. But I think that there's like actually something magical about that too yeah. when you know that it's going to be full of friction and you yeah. know it's going to be a massive pain in the ass, and like that's like
0: part of the buy-in. Like, I feel like I'm
2: interested in either frictionless or like all (laughs) friction, but it's the middle ground that's kind of like, this is total
0: friction from the sign up to the delivery to the pouring of the water. It's all just like, you don't know what you're going to get, but I love it. And you know what? It's great seltzer and it's really fun. And just, I don't know how we don't get to have a relationship with people like Ronnie that much these days. I like it.
2: Yeah. It's like, there was that period of time where we were buying, you know, baked goods, like early pandemic, (laughs) buying baked goods over Instagram and like (laughs) meeting some. someone on a street corner to get them. It's like that was fun to like get a cardamom bun on a street corner. (laughs) It is exactly (laughs) like that. Yeah. Okay. I have one more thing to talk about. Jessica DeFino has this newsletter called The Unpublishable. And it was recommended by Val Monroe, who has a wonderful newsletter that we talked about called How Not to Fuck Up Your Face. And for context, Jessica's bio on her site is I'm a pro skin, anti product beauty reporter, dismantling beauty standards, debunking marketing myths, and exploring how beauty culture impacts people physically, psychologically, and psycho spiritually.
0: Psycho spiritually? I just like love this bio. It's- I feel like
2: there's so many parts of it to highlight. Pro skin, anti-product, dismantling beauty standards, psycho spiritually. Like it's great. There's She's re- so much there.
0: She's really, really good. She's really, She's smart. Really, really good. Yeah. I feel
2: like for a long time I wasn't, I don't think you were either consuming that much beauty like news and content in general. No.
0: And you know what? Only A couple months before we interviewed Val and I signed up for Jessica Defino's newsletter. I had started subscribing to Arabel Sicardi's Substack, and had had that same experience of being like, "Oh, I used to really like reading about beauty stuff from really smart people, and I forgot that it can be really good sometimes." Yes, yes.
2: You know, up to this point of these newsletters, the only content I was consuming. My friend Priya Rao has a podcast for Glossy where she interviews founders mostly, and that like behind the scenes stuff I do really like. But Mm -hmm. this, you know, feels like very different tonally, and I think the analogy that Jessica's doing and that Val are doing and that yeah it's just like a different it's a different approach and if you're gonna start with one place with Jessica's newsletter read the post called Bella Hadid's old nose which we both just like absolutely so loved. good so she gets into like all sorts of things here but it but specifically the root of this newsletter is the quote from Vogue where Bella Hadid says I wish I kept my, the nose of my ancestors and she basically talks about the fact that like, Yes, that is interesting, but there's something even more compelling going on if you like dig into that article deeper. And the quote that she highlights is, I was the uglier sister. I was the brunette. I wasn't as cool as Gigi, not as outgoing. That's really what people said about me. And unfortunately, when you get told things so many times, you do just believe it. I always ask myself, how did a girl with incredible insecurities, anxiety, depression, body image issues, eating issues, who hates to be touched, who has intense social anxiety, what was I doing getting into this business? And- Jessica spends the bulk of this newsletter breaking that down and tying this to all sorts of other things and says, It's not strange that Bella Hadid felt ugly and insecure and anxious and depressed and still sought to be professionally beautiful. It is exactly how beauty standards are supposed to work for everyone.
0: Right. Her point is that the more you are insecure about this, the more you will go in pursuit of it. That is how. This whole you're thing. You're like compensating. Works. So you're, you're in, in like, fact trying
2: to solve the problem. Yeah. You're yeah.
0: in fact yeah. the most likely person to end up in this position because you become consumed and obsessed by it. Whereas someone who is not insecure about it and who's comfortable with it doesn't feel like they need to take any action around it. And that is the beauty industry's worst nightmare.
2: So they have to
0: keep you in this insecure place. Yeah, no, it was really, really compelling.
2: It was, she's, she's smart. (laughs) She's She's extremely smart. And then she has these installments that are called the Don't Buy List. They're these beauty news roundups, but they're actually interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's more context and just analysis in general. And I file them mentally alongside of the news roundups that Casey Lewis does in after school, which are Mm -hmm. like basically the Gen Z news you need to know. Yes. I, I think I'm just like, at this place now where I don't want just a link dump. I want someone to tell me why I need to know about the mm-hmm. thing and maybe why I don't need to even click the headline just like know the headline and what this person yes. has to say
0: because they're the thinker here. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> How did you feel about the Bella Hadid interview in general? Did you read it? I haven't read it yet. Yeah. How did you feel about I it? I thought it was super interesting. I mean, I think that that quote about I wish I had kept the nose of my ancestors. I think I would have grown, grown into it. it. Yeah. Was so powerful. And maybe just as someone who grew up with insecurity around my nose and got made fun of for it, I felt like it might be this turning point for a lot of young women who want nose jobs. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Bella Hadid's or the way she presents herself in general. And I think it's interesting and I really appreciated that she spoke out about her insecurities I always find it interesting when someone who professes to be really insecure about something continues to project an image and messaging in a way that is likely to induce insecurity in other people. Yeah. Tons of people do it and you can sort of like understand why, but she All of Instagram is made for this. Right. But she had so much clarity around her insecurities that it was surprising to me that she, for example, like continues to post these images of herself, you know, that really highlight and emphasize certain beauty standards that are largely unattainable. That was interesting to me. In general, I I found the interview really like interesting and revealing in a lot of ways, and I was glad that it existed. And I I did. I thought her saying she regretted her her nose job felt like this sort of it important cultural moment in a way, or at yeah. least when it comes to beauty and and for and hopefully for a lot of women who might consider it, especially younger women who, who just you don't know what you're gonna turn out like. Once she got her nose job at fourteen, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people do. I mean, that's well, a, a lot age. of. I, I is often a like a Bat Mitzvah present of some sort or a yeah. Sixteen yeah, 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 present yeah. or something like. Yeah, that.
2: yeah. Jessica Defino does call out in this newsletter too that rhinoplasty is one of the plastic. It's a plastic surgery you can't take back. Like unlike a boob job or something mm-hmm. that you know you can you can remove implants. You cannot undo this. Yeah, which does just create interesting context. I did watch the video that was linked to in this newsletter about Gigi, who is my, my Mm. personal Hadid Yolanda like basically talking about Gigi and not like encouraging her to eat less and it, it, this like super cut and it was really challenging to watch.
0: It was bonkers. And I guess this is like what I struggle with. I don't dislike Bella Hadid, but she's like, she's not from like, I'm not like a fan, you know what I mean? In the way that you become fans of these online personalities. And I think one of the things that, that, Hearing her talk about the the pressure to be thin and all of this stuff does is I just thought about, well, why do you project this image that you eat burgers and pizza all the time and and truly tricked a nearly forty year old woman who knows better into thinking <laughs> I guess she just has the body type where she can do that. Oh,
2: LOL, lol, right? LOL, LOL. And I just. <laughs> She does that because that is what the celebrity industrial complex has told us that women of a certain age and a certain body type in that space are meant to do.
0: Exactly. And this is the thing. Like, I have a lot. And when I say, like, I'm, again, to repeat, it's not that I dislike her. I'm not a fan of hers. I have a ton of sympathy for her. And I also am sure that she's a really nice person and has, you know, and what I'm just confused, confused by this. And not to, like, toot my own horn, but to, like, try to relate to it. I remember when I was pregnant or not when I was pregnant, when I just had cam and you feel compelled to like post all this shit about your baby and you're very alone during maternity leave. And you're just like, Oh my God, I just had the cutest thing ever. I just want to blast all of this into the world. And I remember feeling really self-conscious about, I don't want to project one thing or the other because I recognize in myself that this is a moment where I'm looking at Instagram to tell me what my baby's supposed to be doing, how happy I'm supposed to be, all of this stuff. And so what I was supposed
2: to look like. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. I would always feel really hesitant or just trying to be really, yeah, yeah reticent, yeah, yeah. tried to be really considered about. What is the image I'm going to put out into the world about what this stage of my life looks like? And how is it going to make other women who are either in this stage of life or about to go through it or have been through it feel in comparison to their own? And this is really specific. And I'm not saying that I did it
2: right, but- Claire, that's how I feel about sharing anything on social media at yeah, this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just like, it- what, what, what is my aim in doing so? Mm-hmm. And like, what am I serving?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I very much- feel the yeah. same. And I think, you know, we've both just been posting a lot less for that, for that reason. But that is what I found. I, I I found found myself thinking about a lot reading the Bella Hadid thing. And I think, you know, she's also incredibly young. And I tend to forget that about that whole crew of women like Kendall and Haley and Gigi and Bella and all of them is just like, oh how, my God. How
2: young they are. Well, and they've been
0: doing this for a really long yeah. time already. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, have to give some leeway in that way for sure. But yeah, I I found, I, I thought that the article was interesting and well-written and and felt important in its way. Well, I should read it. And yeah, if you're interested in this
2: topic, Bella Hadid's Old Nose will link to it. Anyway, I'm excited. We have some more guest thingies episodes coming up. And I'm excited to try some of the stuff that that these wonderful people
0: recommend and report back. Me too. I'm really, I'm enjoying our guest thingies episodes. If you guys like them, let us know. Let us know if there are specific people you want us to get guest thingies from. And yes. please enjoy this sorority POV from our lovely voicemail listeners.
2: That's right. That's the show. Hi, Claire and Erica. Calling
1: back again. This is Molly. I attempted to leave a voicemail before this and then got flustered, um, as one does. But calling about the sorority equivalent of polish and praise, which, side note, definitely going to use polish and praise now. Never heard that before and love it. I was the head of recruitment my junior year, definitely doing a lot of unpacking and reflecting on the whole process because it's a bit brutal, um, but the I would say the of equivalent would be what we called pro-con-pro, so during the recruitment process when you were evaluating whether or not a potential new member was a good fit. We would have meetings where you would stand up and share pros and cons, but the idea was that any con, and it could be as many cons as you wanted, but they had to be sandwiched between two pros, Um, but when it comes to 19-year-old sorority girls, they often ended on a pro that was, she has nice hair. Uh, But it was a way to try and make sure that we saw everyone as human. And though they might have had a bad GPA, they were still a really good dancer. Anyways, I thought I would call in and share that. So making sure to just sandwich your cons of life between those two pros. Thank you so much. Love this show. Bye. Hey,
3: um, y'all were asking about the sorority version of Praise and Polish. And um, the equivalent would be like if you're going through Rush, like how you talk about the potential new members going through Rush, like to like sum them up. Um, you have a list of words that are like approved to you. So you're not like running around being like she's a skank or whatever. And so ours were called kappa cognitives. And so those are the approved lists. You have to describe them using only kappa cognitives. Um, And if you have, like, a, like, negative one, you have to obviously do a, like, a compliment sandwich for the cognitives. You have to do a pro con pro basically. And my favorite thing was that the gals would get really sneaky. I've worked with sorority women for an embarrassing long long time. They get really sneaky with the cognitives, where they take something that was, like, a generic cognitive or like not a necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily assume it was negative and they would kind of code it to be negative. Like if she's really outgoing, like that means she was slut. Not that they do that anymore. Now they're very big on not slut shaming like been totally digressing here um but that was not what they did they would do and they would just pro con pro them you know classic compliment sandwich um nothing too extreme apart from many other things anyway
2: hope that helps